0: It's the Jesus and Paula Show, starring Jesus Christ and Paula Price. Tune in as we learn the mind of Christ and thoughts of God.
1: Well, good evening, Mighty Ones. Welcome to this week's broadcast of the Jesus and Paula Show. Let's learn that mind of Christ and thoughts of God. It's a great day to do that. First, I want to tell you our sale for this weekend is 5% off of all of our books. The code is always Jesus and Paul. You know what? Whenever you check out on the weekend, just throw it in there and see if you get a discount. That's what I do. I just say, oh, yeah, this is when I go to certain sites, if that's the standard code. So 5% off of our books. So you want to check that out. There's a book you've been waiting for. How about some early Christmas shopping? Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Shop for your friends, shop for your family, shop for your friends and your frenemies alike. Some updates to the Dr. Paula Price website. DrPaulaAPrice.com added a link at the top of the page to get you to the Congregation of the Mighty website. It just says church. You know why? Because Congregation of the Mighty is too long to put up there. Church is... Self-explanatory for the church. And also I'm going to let you know um, uh, in just a moment here, an update, Dr. Price rolled out an invitation last week about prophets training, advanced prophets training and constructing the contemporary prophet is what we're actually titling this, the constructing the contemporary prophet training program. And so when, well, we'll just talk about it now. How about that? Uh, so when you go to drpaulaaprice.com you can at the top, click on Constructing Profits. And that's going to take you to a page with a clip from last week's show. It's about 15 minutes of Dr. Price explaining that whole process. And then um, there's information on how to sign up. You know what, Rachel, do you have that short clip ready that we talked about? She's gonna pull up a really short one in just a moment here. But when you go to the page, you'll see Constructing the Contemporary Profit Mastery Class Training Program. Something about a master's class is you actually need to be on an executive level to qualify for a master's class. I think a lot of times we think that a master class is to make you a master because you are on your way to becoming one. But a true master's class are for those, yes, who are going to end up at that level, but who have already gotten under their belt the preparatory training, the undergrad training. Think about life like life outside of ministry. Master's programs, you cannot jump from high school to master's. Unless I don't even know what kind of brilliance you have to have to do that. But somewhere you got to test out and test up to prove that you qualify for master's level training. Not that you desire master's level training or not even that you need master's level training ultimately, but that you qualify for that in order to become a master and enter into master's programs. You have to be examined and tested as far as, do you qualify to enter into it now you're going to hear dr price sounding this clarion call for a while <laughs> for a while i love it i love media uh sounding off for a while so we have some time before we begin this program because she is gathering and gathering as the author of the prophets dictionary she has actually never really put out the call to bring in to our organization executive profits, master level profits, um, you know, the the, uh, office profits. We've talked about it, we've trained on it, but actually saying, come to my mountain to be trained. She has not done that before in this type of campaign and capacity. So just understand we're on a campaign here. We're not uh, doing this just to make some announcement or to trend in the body of Christ for what's trending next prophetically. This is the general, and this is a general who is an established global authority, particularly in the office of offices of the apostle and prophet, But her prophetic works uh, far exceed as far as the content, what she had done uh, even previously on the office of the apostle. She came out on the platform of the prophet first and established that as an authority. I keep saying authority, not just a hobbyist, not a high functioning gift, but the officer, the general over the other officers. As people have said to her, you're the general's general. You're a leader's leader. And that makes a difference. And so when you're thinking about the higher the caliber of person, then the higher qualifications you need to have in order to enter into that training program. We're going to take a moment here and look at this three, it's like a three minute clip on Dr. Price's explanation of this program. Then I'm going to walk you through what's on the website. So you can take the next step for getting more information and coming
0: alongside in the constructing, constructing the contemporary profit training program. We're going to take critical thinking to the next level. I thank you for listening to me now here. I know that you all, because the church is fond of taking snippets and tidbits and running and building some sort of organization and institution out of it. I promise you it will not work because you don't have all of the other fillings around it. But you'll do it because that's how we've been trained. You'll hear me say that phrase over and over again because God's church, his people have been poorly trained. And this latest generation of spiritual ministrants and divine communicants are proof of that poor training. And here this man is scrapping for his church and we have to prove that we're worthy of him putting himself through this again. Redoing this again. Revving this up again. That is why I'm doing this. And I want want to close on the question I said, does the mental state Of the people you're using, the people you're choosing, and the people you're believing matter when it comes to the prophetic, when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to testimonies, talebearing, criticisms, and accusation. You have lived, we all have managed to live in an era where integrity means nothing. People can lie and stay in charge. They can fabricate. And they can still rule. They can tell stories. They can crush truth and be rewarded. That started in the church. Hey, thank you for listening to me. You can sow a seed if you found this to be a blessing. You can sow a seed. If you're interested in being a part of my prophecy tech class, reach out to Apostle Ashley and tell her I'm interested. And don't ask me, well, is it free? It is not free. Let me just say, if you're going to text, or email, because you want it to be free, I want you to just save that effort. Because if it costs you nothing, it'll motivate you to do less. Free free material. The churches has had too much free stuff, and it's motivated folk to do nothing but become distorted in their views, their opinions, and their responses. But if you think it's something that you want, you think, because this is about... The specialist, the master, the expert. Not just the practitioner. So you will. And this is a screened enrollment. So if you don't meet meet the criteria, we're going to refer you to something else. Because we need people who are going going to do something potent, powerful, purposeful, and correct with this information. To become the prophet who got up off his throne in heaven became flesh to correct the record and to expand the record to our generation it's a good thing to do i encourage you to do it don't forget tomorrow we have so-called friday and we're part two part two of William. Yes. We have part two of William. You don't want to admit it. I'm sure the advertisement is on the screen and go.
1: Okay. That was a quick clip. Now last week was William part two. This week is what Abel Abel is this Friday, which is tomorrow's broadcast. Okay. So going back to the website, the constructing profits page at Dr. Paula a Price dot com. Um, You'll see there the prophetic tech that she talked about. Prophecy tech, prophetic tech, technique and technology is what the tech is to combat and dismantle the darkness. At the top of the page, you'll see the program overview and qualifications. There are qualifications, one qualification, first and, first, uh, first and most importantly, because this is our training program, you have to meet the qualifications of our organization. And number one, you must come up as a prophet as your dominant gift expression on the MAQ. So if you take the MAQ and you come up profit, then that's your first level of qualification. It cannot be your secondary. It cannot be the environment in which you will best flourish. It must be your dominant gifting, has to be, not an option. Secondarily, when you take the prophetic aptitude questionnaire, then you must come up on the intermediate or advanced level. And if you come up on the intermediate level, then your results have to say that you are in the office of the prophet and not just manifesting prophetically. There's a difference. The manifesting prophetically piece is still in that gifting. So, what that means is you qualify for training at Price University before you qualify. For the advanced training in the Constructing the Contemporary Profits program. This is an advanced training program for advanced profits. Advanced profit does not mean I've been prophesying for a long time, so I am an advanced profit. We have people who've been singing. I'm a singer. I know people have been singing. I've been singing my whole life. I do not have a Grammy, I do not have a Tony Award, I do not have those awards. I have not competed. So my level of classification of a corporate singer is not that of those who have all of these awards under their belt. And so I want you to remember that it's not about just time served and how many words you've spoken over people that have come to pass, because guess what? That's not enough to qualify you to be an uh, an advanced prophet. You might be a proficient prophesier, an accurate prophesier, but not an advanced prophet. Hard pill to swallow? We're coming out of like three or four decades of error on this, but that's okay. You're gonna be all right. Tell somebody, I will be okay. Because if you wanna get it right for the Lord, instead of having your ego puffed up, then you'll go through these qualifications. And then you'll see on the site, also, greater explanation from Dr. Price about the Prophet's office. There's a clip from last week's show, the one where she explains extensively what it's all about. And then you have at the bottom of the page, program objectives. And listed there are 12 program objectives. See, we're not just out here slinging out an invitation, come who will, come what may, and we'll see what happens. And then at the bottom, are you interested, submit your request for more information about the ex- exclusive prophets office training program very simple first last name email address and tell us why you are interested in uh, our training and i think i want to add the phone number to that i thought i did add the phone number to that so we can call you and contact you to schedule a follow up like she said this is based on resume you are screened and you are vetted dr price has always been the person like jesus I'd rather have 12 quality people than 12 million messes. She would rather have a core of tight, excellent profits than a whole mass of profits that you're not really sure what you're going to get. Uh, we're not Price University is not a diploma mill. We're not sitting around just cranking it out because we want to rack up our numbers and have bragging rights on social media to say we graduated a class of 300 profits. Now, that would be just amazing in the kingdom if we would do that and when we do that. But I promise you, if we have a class with 300 profits, you better know they've been vetted and tested like Daniel. 10 times better, at least the best, not just good, not just okay. If you are wearing the title master in anything, when somebody says I have a master's prophet Marie, who's one of our prophets in our organization. She has a master's in epidemiology. Do you know what that means? She's not playing around with bugs and invisible things. And all of the jobs that she's had along the way, she and I were roommates in college. We've been friends for 23 years. And I've watched her come up from college girl to where she is now. The labs that she has worked in, The uh, tests that she has run, the things that she's evaluated and dissected, both in people and then in non-human, like as in dealing with human beings, labs and uh, tech. When she worked in labs that tested the plastics and the materials that go in airplanes and and all kind of thing and testing the quality and, and the resistance and at which point will they collapse? I mean, her resume is very impressive before getting to the master's level program. You never know where people come from, especially if you feel you don't have to talk to them about their journey. But we're moving on to the next thing that is happening in our world with our chief apostle, Dr. Paula Price, who is writing, writing and writing some more. Uploaded yesterday, DrPaulaAPrice.com. Do you see the theme here of home base? We're always going back to home base. Dr. Price has a blog page on her website. So at the top, you'll see the title that says blog, podcast, TV, and in the drop downs, you'll be able to get to the various pages. So Dr. Price's blogs posted yesterday is part one of an article, how to rescue our state, our nation, our people. She talked about this last night on Diamond and Silk, which was a hilariously profound show. We're gonna take a, a a few minutes here and watch a clip from last night. I really wish we could just take the whole first hour and play the whole show because my goodness, was it it was it was rich. And because they're funny and profound, and Doctor Price's, you kind of get to laugh in between the intensity of the subjects that are being addressed, which are actually pretty critical considering the state of our nation right now. So we're gonna play this clip from last night's Diamond and Silk show because it was one of my favorite moments of the night and we're just going to relive this moment together. We'll be right back and then talk about this article. Wow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pastor Paula, give us your thoughts about um, Biden's speech the other week, demonizing people that love American first policies, that want to secure border as extremists and basically uh, slandering people is what he's doing. What were your thoughts about
0: that speech? My, my, my thoughts were that first of all, he was inflamed by somebody. I, I don't even know if he ever. I mean, that's about the best sense he's ever made. And you know, and I, so it must be anger that helps him go. But I wrote an article about that, and and I wrote an article about it because I was asked to write about it. And my biggest issue is that all of that slander, all of those accusations. I wish we did have a larger pool, but the bottom line is that they haven't proven anything. I mean, they keep saying we're this, this because they want to demonize us because they want to slanderize us. Why? Because all of this great ploy to get rid of President Trump has backfired, and they turned into turned out to make the man a hero. I wrote an article, "How to Make a Hero in Adversity." I put it on my site. And I wrote mm-hmm. how everything they did has made this man a hero. He will be a worldwide classic long mm-hmm. after we're gone. They're going to do case studies on somebody who can take that much hostility and keep standing. I'm telling you, yeah. this. I mean, when you look at it, his the, the charge that he levied against him actually turned out to be his greatest virtue. He just wanted to make America great again. Can you imagine? That's all we want is a great America. And for America. that, we're vilified. Wow, yes. Pastor,
1: Pastor, why do you think that they're after President Trump?
0: Because they have lost. You know, I I talked to a a, a master chess player once um, when we first started going through this, and he said something very important. He said, "When you're in chess, once you are in a move, you have to be committed to it. And you have to play it out, even though you know you lost." And mm-hmm. I think that that's what we are dealing with 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 uh, President Trump. He has one, it's one thing to have a a media propaganda that's streaming all of this evil and all of this hostility and all of this uh, non-performance and poor performance about somebody who has not ever done anything but get on your nerves using our, our language. But it's another thing to have said all of that about this man all these years and to be proven a liar. So this is all a cover story. We just want to cover the fact that, well, you know, we said he was this, but he really wasn't. Because now you have this guy in the white, this guy hasn't been in two years and we're all sitting there ready to, hoping we don't have to buy a coffin for the nation. (laughs) (laughs)
2: She did (laughs) so. She's right. She's right. Okay. All right.
1: Pastor, what do you think about, okay. we We had to regroup after that. Oh, that was so funny. Had to share that clip. That was funny. Profoundly true in a very scary way. The article, she says the subtitle is the coming of age of a two plus century stratagem. Our state stands on the precipice of potency or collapse, as does our nation. The state of Oklahoma is what she's writing about because she's a state committee woman for Tulsa County. The November elections will decide which one it is, whether Oklahoma voters rescue or surrender their state. They will confront uh, they will confront grave circumstances on their way up to the polls to counteract and avert our nation's standoff to enemy powers. And she goes on, of course, as she can, and then totally with all of her writing brilliance, um, creates a scenario. And she says, let's let's take the following scenario as an example and has two fictional families, the benevolence and the apprehensibles. Are two families that become friends, and then we'll just say, and then you really, really want to read and share this blog. And again, it's at drpaulaaprice.com. And you just click on the tab that says blog, TV, blog something, blog, what is it? Blog, podcast, TV. Uh, click on that and the drop down, how to rescue our state, our nation, our people, part one. It's right there at the top. If there's a part one, then you know there's a part two. Three, four, five, and I believe she said six. This is a strategy. And I talked to Dr. Price this morning. I have an idea. What I want to do is actually compile her articles that fall into one theme, compile them thematically, and produce either short pamphlet magazines or, and she talked about the miniature booklets, like you see the little prayer booklets and things like that on the different subjects to give away sell at a a nominal, nominal fee, really just to offset the cost of production more than making a profit. Although making a profit is always beneficial in advancing the vision. Um, uh, And so that we can, so all these articles that she's writing, um, the one that she's done on color annuity, first of all, what she's doing with that, I can't even get into and other things will be compiled thematically so that you can walk around or download and have this information to do something with it. We have got to be educated and informed and not just inspired by the spirit and waiting for the Lord to do it in the spirit. I mean, we'll camp out, it's not by power, not by my, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And we somehow exempt ourselves from doing what he told us to do in the earth realm to take dominion. That did not expire and we have to retake dominion as it stands right now and so you want to um now you'll also be able to go to her website and what i'm adding is going to be an interview page and so you can go to one page on her website and watch different interviews or clips from different interviews the whole thing some of them were able to have the files others the files are not available to us but just a link to view and and watch and so uh, we're going to have those set up for you as well. So you can go back. Like, for example, the full interview of Diamond and Soak is available in audio. I've downloaded that. So it'll just be on an audio media player. And you won't be able to watch, but you will be able to listen. And um, trust me, nothing is lost in translation there. <laughs> nothing. I mean, you won't be able to see facial expressions, but you'll have your own going on. Prophet CT and I were texting last night during the broadcast. And we talking about, I just flatlined. He said, they just flatlined. I said, I almost slid off the couch when she said that. <laughs> that was, it took, it almost took me out. Yes, it did. And so that's a, a recap of what's been going on. You're going to see um, in this article also the image of the Antonio Gramsci quote that is now showing up everywhere. And what we use about socialism being the religion that overwhelms Christianity, that's inserted in the blog as well because Dr. Price inserted it in the original document that she wrote, you know, you have to kind of pull things over and make them work a different way with the blog. Don't worry, we made it work. It is in there as a reminder. And then at the bottom of that blog post is a link to Dr. Price's meetpaulaprice.com website. And it'll take you right to the page about her political leadership. What is her goal and her plan? A plan as a political leader. Where are we going? Why are we following people? Do they know where they're going? How about that? When she was running the day of the election, she broke down what leadership means, and people understood that we need to go from leader drift to leadership, which is what she talked about. And people were like, here's my vote because the people. It's very interesting when you can conclude that they want one thing, but they end up moving on. When they hear it, they know. Like when you hear the truth, you know, that's it. That's the thing. That's the one right there. So you want to read this article, share it with your friends, tag people, tag them, spread it around. We posted it on our pages as well. It's not enough for us to post. You have got to share. Something that I have got to remind myself to do, because I work for the organization is to actually share things. I know that can really sound like, well, yeah, no, because I'm busy, you know, cranking it out, posting it out, putting it here, putting it there. But then I'm like, oh, but I need to share this with my constituency, with the people I know who don't live in Tulsa or the ones who do live in Tulsa and don't go to our church. I share a lot of things with other leaders in the city so they know what Dr. Price is saying. So when she's calling a gathering, they understand why they should come why they should bring their people. I have friends who don't live in our state, who are not apostles or prophets. Hey, this is what God is saying. This is what God is saying. They'll reach out. What is Dr. Price saying about this? What is Dr. Price saying about that? Strong evangelical saints. What is God saying about what, 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 what? And so make sure that even though you're a believer and you are converted, that you are actually sharing on your Facebook page, on your social media. Sharing quotes is good, but make sure that you're sharing the information the links to the services. Word of mouth is still the most prolific way that information spreads before anything else. So after Sunday service, share the link. As a leader, I have to remember, oh, go back because I'm used to, I have to go to leadership meeting with fellowship and with the people outside. Okay, so maybe do it on Monday. Hey, do you miss church on Sunday? Go back, go to YouTube. Sharing a YouTube link is great because not everybody is on Facebook. I know they want us to think they are. But they are not. So I will often share the YouTube link because more people are outside of Facebook sometimes than inside of it. So they can watch that, too. And those are just ways to spread this message. I was recently on the phone with somebody with an advisement, post-assessment, taking the assessment. They said, Dr. Price just showed up in my feed one day. And I watched it. I'm not even sure who I know that shared it because nobody that I know I think even follows her, but somebody clearly does. And she just showed up in my feed and I've been watching for six, six months, four months, three months, that kind of thing. So share, share, and share alike. And you never know who is sharing and what they may be doing. A lot of people don't comment on things. Goodness, there's so many things I watch and don't comment on, but still making impact. And so we need to do that. We need to be the the vessels of spreading this message, being the seed that is spread, 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 spread through us. If you are a leader, that means you have people following you more than your followers do. Use your platform. Us here, use our platforms, each and every one of us. Send them out in our own mailing list. Hey, did you catch this message? Did you do whatever? In order to, we have got to make this prolific and pervasive. We must have, we have to get it out. So everywhere people turn. There she is. There's Dr. Price again. And she was on and then she was on. And you know, I saw, and then she showed up and well, I need to check this out. I need to come to this event. I need to do all those things because the sheep and Dr. Price has said this, and then we'll take a quick 10 second something and go right to Dr. Price. But she has said from the beginning, sheep beget sheep. There is one primary shepherd in a congregation, one. And I know as leaders, sometimes we can think we all shepherds. There's an under, shepherd happening situation, but there's one dominant shepherd and the rest of us, including support leaders and ministries are the ones who replicate after themselves, multiply after themselves. I'm a leader. I have a following and I need to work that even to a higher level of saying, Hey, do this, do this. And not just thinking about it for when I'm doing something for myself. Uh, Because you can really think that because you're in agreement with something, that you're actually pushing it to the fullest extent. But before we go to this break, I do want to tell you that we had our church anniversary. This we're going to pull that had our church anniversary this Sunday, and we are sending our chief apostle on a luxurious three diamond, four star vacation. Yay! You can see on your screen, we're sending her to Branson, for uh, Missouri, for a luxurious four-star lakeside king suite with balcony accommodations. Come on now, I already found the room. Elegant spa treatments, fine dining, sight and sound. You don't have to do it like this. Sight and sound. And more. So our goal is to raise only $5,000, people. This is no money at all. Money's already coming in. And you can send your contribution to Dr. Price's giving information. We're going to talk about this later on today at the end of the show as well. And enter vacation in the note or description. So we know if you have our church info and you're like, hey, it's already set on my phone. You know what? You can send it there if you want to. Just put vacation and we'll know where to send it. We prefer that it goes right to Dr. Price. I'm already lining up her luxury. We're going to take a quick commercial break and be right back with the one and only Dr. Paula A. Price. I feel like we need more something to say. Just, you know, we'll be right back.
0: Well, hallelujah. I'm going to start with a hallelujah because some days praise is where you begin. If you can begin with praise, you can end with power. So I'm going to start today with praise. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being as wonderful as you are. I want to put a special shout out to Diamond and Silk for just being so gracious to me and and appreciating what God has filled me with for this hour. I bless them. I bless them amazingly. We had a blast last night. I understood. You did. She played the clip. All right. (laughs) We, um, but, but I love the work that they're doing and they love what I'm doing. And we're making some, some wonderful strides, you know, when God looks like he's doing the least is when he is achieving the most. And so God is achieving some mighty things, even getting us out there, getting my voice and my thoughts out there. She's told you already about the articles that I'm writing because I want to touch voters. Because right now we need to stop voters from being victims. So I want to touch voters and I want to talk about that. I want to talk about it from what is not commonly spoken, not to cast any kind of um, Dispersions dispers- or a disparagement on anyone that's running any of the candidates, unless of course they're running to pull the chain from under our country, so that we our wheels fall off and we crash. And so I'm on a let's not crash and burn mission. Uh, the articles are how to rescue your state, your nation, your people, because. November is a rescue mission. I don't care what they tell you. This is not business as usual. This is not, well, we'll just go, well, I just don't think I care. Because let me tell you something, not caring is a freedom you do have. But we can always enjoy the freedoms, but we have to decide how long they last and when they become bondages. Mm. Disinterest is a bondage. Not caring is a bondage. That is a bondage to indifference you don't realize that not caring is a bondage to indifference and you're indifference because you're disappointed. Indifference rises out of disappointment. And so because you feel like you have disappointment, that indifference comes from you feeling insignificant. So you see, we have to have the understanding of where these, these feelings come from and where these emotion, emotions originated. So, you are politically indifferent because you feel politically insignificant. So you figure, why am I going to put my energy out there on something like that? So I need to tell you, in times past, there was more than enough to overcome the few who are like that. The 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 whole thing has been inverted. And now we have more indifference and more insignificance and more lethargy and apathy than our our nation's survival can hold or afford. We cannot afford one more indifferent voter. We cannot afford not one more indifferent or uh, insignificant feeling citizen. We cannot, we can't endure that. Then we've hit our endurance peak on that strategy and it is a strategy. So I'm encouraging you to shift your perspective so you can begin to think if somebody tells you that your house is, is in jeopardy of collapsing or being on fire or whatever, you will not be indifferent about that. Now multiply your house times 50 states. There's no room for indifference this year. We'll let you go back to indifference next year should we rescue our nation should we rescue our state, then we'll be glad for you to go back and play a little bit of an indifference. By then, though, you ought to be feeling real good about yourself when we're rescued because you realize you contributed to it. This is no longer about your party. This is not even about your pet candidate. This is about who is on the rescue team and who is on the surrender team. So this November, we'll decide whether or not you choose to be a defender or a surrenderer. That is what the article is about. That is what the series of articles are about. And they're not just stood in there like, you know, panic points. These are not written as panic points in the argument. They're written as pathways to how we got here and then suggestions on how to get out of it. So I need you to go to my site, drpaulaprice.com. Download all of the articles. I'm writing a a ton of them. You'll have more than enough information. And the whole thing is because I'm establishing for this particular window of time something called Voter Intelligence Bureau. You need to be brought up to speed because you are you have been programmed to ignore your own well-being. I write that in the article. You've been programmed to put your needs behind some political aspirants with no reward or little reward. I mean, we can say, everybody can talk about how they did their best, but you don't know. You don't know how how to even think about somebody who wants to run your life from the capital of your state or your nation. You don't know how to think. You don't know. Why? Because you have been conditioned to be sensationalized and conditioned to vote on scandal. You make your decisions on scandal. You don't realize that's what you do. But you make your decision on those who scandalize their point opponents because they don't they already know. They can you imagine? Think about this. And I'm, I'm this is just my opening, but think about this. We as voters are, st- are thought so little of that they don't have to get a, a, a quality agenda, they don't have to write out what they're doing, they don't have to have a pre-election, post-election point, they don't have to do anything but mudsling and they have you voting on mudslinging can you believe that how little they must think of us mudslinging not their not their uh, their achievements that mudslinging you are voting on mudslinging don't let them lie to you and tell you that they have this secret on this and that it doesn't matter what the secret is everybody has a secret But he who would sit or she who would occupy our seats of health, welfare, solutions, and prosperity, I need you to come with a little bit more than dirt. I need you to come with a little bit more than mud pies. You don't realize that they trained you to vote on mudslinging and on scandals and on false accusations and unfounded reports. And you know what they say? I'll tell you what they say behind behind closed doors when they plan to do this. This is what they say. Well, we'll just do this. They won't know any better. Most of them too stupid to understand what we're talking about. But what we'll do is we'll fix it later. So we'll say, oh, after, after we have persuaded them to vote for our mud, then we'll come back and say, oops. That was an errant report. Oops, we were wrong. Oops, by oops means that they had oops means duped. Now I want you to remember this because that's why I want you to get those articles. I want you to read them because somebody needs to act as if you matter. Somebody needs to act as if it's worth it for you to stand in long lines at polls to make a difference. Somebody needs to at least treat your one and one precious commodity in our nation as something cherishable and something worthwhile. Your vote. Somebody should be doing that for you. And I'm doing it because I've been in too many environments where all we do is get chided for not putting in our favorite person, not opening up our purse, not being willing to sacrifice. We by nobody sacrificing anything for us. I've, I'm a proponent of voter integrity. But let me tell you what my greatest proponent is, voter intelligence. I am big on voter intelligence. You, if you want to be duped, it should be your choice to be duped, and you should be presented with both sides of every story. I choose to follow this. That is your decision. You think by being caught up in the, in the swell of of this maniacal machine of discredit and scandal and and libel and all of that, you think that is your free will at work? It is not, because deception is all about robbing and neutralizing the free will. Your free will is to say, I've read this side, I've heard this, I've got that, I've checked this out. Let me tell you, you need to be your own fact-checking machine. You can't trust the deceiver to fact-check for you. That, That is my position. And I'm writing these because whether you, I don't care what it is, you choose to exercise your free will to elect. You should elect based on full disclosure and full information and not slick envelopes holding poison and holding waste. That's what you get. You go to these meetings and you hear all of this rhetoric and you, well, my opponent is doing, I'm just going to tell you what to look for how to vet your own voting conscience and what it means for someone to ride and rise on slime. That That is a scary place to be as, as a voter that you have to vote for one slime machine over another slime machine because they're all slinging trash. Be your own person. We have good people running and we have people who want you to think they're good running. And then we have people who are running not for your good. It is your duty to make the decision. You know why? You may not care. You may not. You may be so bitter. You may be so angry. You may be so disappointed that you don't care. But guess what? Your posterity will still have to live with your indifference. Because what you vote in is what your children will live with. We're living with what the children got from home. Got from tables, got from school and education, all of that. So as you think about it and then as you decide that I don't I don't really care, it doesn't matter who's in. It matters who's in when you get enough of the right versus the wrong. That matters. That it matters greatly how many lights you can put in there to snuff this darkness. You are one of those lights. Your, think of your vote as a pin light in a dark place. And now you're going to find out who else has it. You realize I'm just one. But let's say you took that pin light and you ran up and down and you called somebody else to join you and someone else to join you and someone else to join you. And before you know it, your little pin light is now a bright light in the sky. Everybody can see their way. Everybody can see their threats, their risk. Everybody can see. Go and find your pin light partner. And say, we can light up this darkness. It does not have to prevail. And you're going to start with telling your politicians and your campaigner, stop feeding us slime. Stop feeding us scandals. Stop feeding us all of these deflectors that are to hide your incapability to do the job. You're masking something. We want to know what you are. Start ripping these masks off as voters. Start ripping them off. I want to know. They don't let you in those backroom meetings. No, they can't. But but you know what? A lot of it's recorded. You need to go and dig up. What is it that they met on today that's going to hurt me tomorrow? And how should I think about it? Is my vote just simply don't raise taxes? Or is my vote to be should taxes be raised or are they helpful? And where do I fit in that? Because right now. You are sacrificing all of your benefits and all of your advantages and all of your hopes, dreams, and prosperity on someone else's mask of scandal and disrepute and accusations. They don't have to explain. When they throw up a scandal, so why did you pick that? Like, like why did that work? Why did you think that you can come to me as an intelligent voter and tell me not to look at this, but to look at that? You need to make them. As voters, we need to make them start running for their jobs instead of running roughshod over our lives. I need a commercial. I'll be back in a moment. I'm gonna share something so we can come back cheerful. (laughs) (laughs) this can be very helpful in helping you see the blind spots of the of you that you hate. We all have them, so you you have things that you hate doing, and yet they are why they're why you're in the planet. So you're trashing all the reasons that God made you and all of the attributes and. A talents that he gave you, you're trashing that because of you're appropriating someone else. And the scripture has a four letter word for that called envy because you don't feel good about you, you know. Um, because, well, that's that's Satan's world. It's up to you to rise above his world. You, as many people aspire to lead because it's a fascination, they're fascinated with what they see, but they're operating on just the visuals. Why? People just obey so-and-so. Oh, look, I, they get to sit in the front. And so you're always operating on the visuals and not the reality. Like, what does it cost for somebody to be trusted to that point? You don't even think about being trusted as a leader. You just want to be appointed. Everybody has their place. Every, with, with, with What God said, every member gets to do their share. But So w- let's move on. Effectively, the treatments in this process blend the cognitive and effective domains so they infuse learners with the practicalities of prudent leadership, not just give me a chance leadership. Because if you want someone to put you in leadership just to give you a chance, then you you plan to operate on pity or deceit. So you don't realize it. So opinions become intelligence. And and don't dare try to refute it because now you're going to get the lashing of the defense network. The reactionary defense is going to lash out at you from a tongue that can't spell. And a mind that can't think. So you all are always fighting with God and then you're mad because his promises are held up. God's like, I'm not late. But you are. So you don't know who God has coming down the pike in your life. Who cannot tolerate and who will pass you by because of something he's trying to fix. (laughs) It's doing weird things. Is it it did it unweird itself?
2: <laughs>
0: well, I'm back and now I want to shift into the you had a little taste of uh, taking it on side of me. So I'm going to shift over into the Jesus and Paula side and I want to pick up on what we've been talking about. Um I'm excited about this journey we're on because In my mind, the word of the hour is intelligence. We've been thinking of intelligence from the intelligence community, you know, their whatever their pits and pieces of information. But intelligence started as a being, like everything else in creation. Everything started as a being, as a person, and then moved into the products and the outcomes of that person, everything. So we say that, then prophets, since God starts everything with a prophet, prophets must be intelligent and they are to be active in God's intelligence network. Many times I was, um, people don't know this, but one of the definitions of Samuel's mantle was a spy. One of the definitions of mantle is spy or espionage, why? Because the everything that happens to us begins invisibly, starts in the darkness, and we must locate it in the darkness to bring it to the light. So prophets must be intelligent. They must be inquisitive. They must be a- a- explorative, experimental. They must be probing and analytical. This model that we have today is not prophets. I'm just saying. Wouldn't you agree? We don't have prophets operating today because they're nothing but prognosticators, forecasters, and diviners, future tellers, and predictors, all revolving around a single term called talk. All talk, no walk. But the prophets that the Lord Jesus sent to the planet work with his prophetic angels and team. And it is an office. Why is it an office? Well, before um, the Internet became Google Net and we could get all the information we wanted from wherever we needed it and people wanted us to be smart. Before that happened, one etymological definition of office was that broken off from the duties of a deity. Office. To bear fruit for that deity. Now, that was original. And I'm gonna go in my old stuff and, and and look it up because there was more online for etymology than etymology uh, online, which I like. It's a wonderful, wonderful site. But it began because everything began spiritual. So that definition makes great sense. The whole idea of a priestly office is the deity breaking off its portion of duties and responsibilities to delegate to a human. The reason that we are in this place today is because the church has been talked out of spirituality mm. and talked into carnality. So if it's not flesh, as far as we're concerned, it doesn't exist. But that And the scientists say that, and science was very responsible for that, as if everything they found out existed before they discovered it. Like they would, they had to discover a cell. They assumed they exist by effects, by emergence. But they had to discover a cell. And as much as I appreciate science, I got to tell you, I know I outsta- I outstand them and I outrank them because I know that every by the time they get to tell me about something, it has already taken on flesh. So they're bound to their five senses. I am not. We are not as the children of God. We're not bound to our five senses. We're bound to what the logos did before the foundation of this world. That is what this whole series and journey that we've been on is about. It's about us understanding that God starts everything with a prophet. And that the way the prophets, the, the the place to which the prophets have brought us today is pathetic. They thought it was prophetic. And it's actually pathetic. We are ill-equipped to face off with darkness. We're ill-equipped to face off with science. We're ill-equipped, ill-equipped to face off with government. We're ill-equipped to live and survive in this world, let alone lead it to the light. We're ill-equipped. This is their work. This is the work of pastors. And this is the fruit of of shutting prophets out and prophets being ill-trained and ill-defined. So God is giving us another shot. And because he's giving us another shot, he's following his routine pattern. God starts everything with a prophet. So who are the prophet starters or the starting prophets? Who are the prophets that are going to start this? And, what, and with what are they going to start it? With what already failed? It's amazing that you all are still backing all of these folks who have already failed. You're living the fruit of their failure. Not every one of them and not everything. But enough for us to wonder, will there be a United States in 2023? And to question why we are no longer a world power. And the question that our academic rank uh, rank among the nations is thirteen, when we used to be the the setter, the standard, we are now thirteen. To question why it is that we are struggling as a church when the church defined religion, mm. we defined the religion. We told you where the false gods were. We told you what they did. We made sure you understood it. But now. We're defining your tats and your piercings and your raggedy clothes. Worn to celebrate the new gods you've adopted. They chose new gods, says Deborah. And there was war at the gates. We're at war because the God of gods has got to come and get his harvest. Now, he doesn't care about the ones that don't want him. God is like, I don't know what to tell you. You don't want me. I don't want you. We're going to do fine. But those who are mine want him. You can only get saved because you were in Christ as a seed before the foundation of the world. That's how you that's why you're sensitive to the Lord. And, you know, I was talking um, when I was doing my broadcast. On Tuesday, right, Tuesday night, and I was talking about attire, and so. I'm in lit- I am hearing talk about God confirming his word. I'm listening to Leviticus this morning getting dressed for the show. And the, the Lord says, don't wear torn garments before me. The priest could not tear their garments. You couldn't wear raggedy wear. So you need to know Jesus is not the designer and the trendsetter of raggedy clothes. So your uh, your attire says that you have left him, and you've left him for the god of fashion, the god of nudity, and the god of skin. As a matter of fact, when I worked as a marketing account executive, and we used to have these, uh, and we have had these, um, we would have these brainstorming and marketing meetings. The one thing they kept saying is, "Sell the sizzle, sell the skin." sell the sizzle, sell the skin. If you notice, everything is about skin, 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 skin. Why? Because exposed skin is vulnerable to everything. Anything can enter the pores or its orifices. So the whole idea is that if if that's the way it happens, let's weaken the immune system. Let's weaken the guards. So everything is about skin. So, and, and you see these people walking around looking like vagabonds. Do you realize that that's a prophetic statement on our nation? That fashion is a prophetic statement on our nation. And you know why? Because if it happens in the spirit, it then shows up in attire, and it fulfills itself, indeed. So. All of this here that they're doing, these these devils are telling you, I got you. And I know I got you because you're wearing my rags. I got you. So you're already giving me permission to enslave you because I enslaved you to my rags for fashion. And now I can enslave you to my rags for captivity. Wow. You are captive. To fashion. Your mamas and your daddies taught you that fashion was God and you believe them. And you're talking and you're standing up in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, trying to tell them He's a raggedy God. And you're very pleased with that because it's your liberty. But if it's your liberty, then it's your redemption. And God doesn't have to buy you back. This is your redemption plan. You run with that. Let's see how well it works out because so far we've been running on your redemption plan, your dress down plan, your raggedy this plan, your your blue jean plan, your field worker, field hand attire. Do you not think that there's a reason why people don't like to fall off stuff? Because the bottom could be deadly. It is what it is. So they every time you see somebody doing that they are prophesying the next stage of human enslavement. It cracked me up to see people during the COVID hype wearing masks with the butt hanging out. I thought you can understand that the devil really doesn't think much of the human being and the human mind intelligence. Right. They, he really doesn't. I'm like, or oh, wearing my personal favorite. Wearing a heavy winter short jacket. With torn clothes. You see, he knows that that the, his version of humanity is stupid. Oh my God. He knows that the creator's version is his nemesis. So he keeps working to cause us to be more and more illiterate in health and well-being, in survival and discernment of him. So that is why I'm making a big deal about it. I am on this journey and I'm on this path because I want us. I want us to understand why God starts everything with a prophet, but how we must require our prophets to be peak performers. Not just spontaneous prognosticators. We must encourage our prophets to be intelligent and stop rewarding them for being ignorant. For being out of touch with God, out of touch with your suffering and your situations and out of touch with the path and journey of the future. We must require them to be intelligent. Stop letting them stand before you talking about humma, 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 humma. That is not intelligent. If that was the case, we wouldn't have a Bible. Stop that. Stop letting them tell you that I'm just gonna drop the word and walk away because it's up to you to get it from God. If I was gonna get it from God, why did he put you in my path? I pray. I, I'm walking with him. He said he walks in me and talks with me. Could he not give me that little confusing nugget? <laughs> so no, stop telling them to do that. Stop telling them don't ask me anything. If I can't ask, you can't say. Wow. I do not allow my prophets to do those kind of idiotic things. You're either going to be a, a king, sharp, sharp professional, or you're going to be silent in my house you're not confusing my sheep and they have to earn the right to drop a word otherwise they have to write it and submit it and then if we think it's the word of the Lord okay then and if we if we like it as the word of the Lord and you're still a novice we're not going to let you say it you're going to hear us read it this word came from she said maybe <laughs> we don't allow you to run up on our people and spew and spray. I don't know if you are an exterminate or a contaminant. So I have to protect my people until I figure out which one I'm going to get from you. Come on. Wait a minute. Oh, hold on. She lost. <laughs> but I need you to understand, you're either going to be the exterminator or the contaminator. That there are no in between. You're going to either purge what's been embedded and inseminate it, or you're going to multiply it or plant it. So I don't do that because prophecy is a word. Word is a seed. Seeds are viral by nature so I am very interested in how you do it you pastors you, you I don't think there should be a church on the planet that does not have some sort of alliance with a quality prophetic company there shouldn't be as a pastor you don't have a, you don't have that level of clearance with God you may have devotional clearance but professional clearance is on a whole different scale and we need to know about that Prophesier clearance, not the same as prophet office clearance. We're going to talk about that going forward into the future. You need to know that. And then not all prophets have the same clearance. You know a prophet had high clearance in scripture because God named Mm them. Because we had a whole lot of no-name prophet, the unnamed prophet, a prophet ran in on the meeting, slung some oil, gave a word. God did not give them the clearance of even being named. So when God starts giving you a name, you're stepping on the platform or the first rung of fame. Because names mean that people are going to take the totality of some very wide, broad range of thought, idea or feel and narrow it down to an individual and consider that individual to be pivotal, if not the power of it. So. If he doesn't give you, don't worry about it, he doesn't give you a name, you're not ready. If people can't remember your name as a prophet, that's a problem. That's What is that? that You know that little guy that come every third Sunday, always coming with word. They don't even ask you your name. We're going to talk one day about the power of a name and its link to faith the power of a name and its link to fame because when you read scripture you read over and over again when god is ready to elevate somebody or distinguish them from among the the masses he said and i will give you a name and then he said i'll put my name in you so you, and you're y'all all excited y'all, especially these little churches on the corner in the brush in the place whatever you just want anybody can come in and tell you that it's the word of God because you don't even deal with the word of God yourself enough to even discredit it disprove it how about just plain old vet it these are things that a prophet a thriving accountable to God prophetic institution will do in your life and not just for a congregation. We're going to see God. I'm giving you the fruit future right now. God is going to set up prophetic companies in regions, territories and nations, and they will be backed by him because he will give them his fame. He will give them his name and he will make sure that people just at their name. Moses was long dead. Because the, the name will outlast the body. Moses was long dead, and we still had all the way up to Jesus. Yeah, but the Lord Mo- Moses, the man of God. Yeah, well, the Mo- Lord Moses, the man of God. Well, you know Moses, and then Joshua, and all of those people. And you know what made their name hang on? Not just because of people's memory, because memory die with people, and people sometimes they die in people. But, <laughs> but they had a bunch of leave-behinds. You're trying to elect people who have nothing to leave behind and have no capacity to leave you anything but the fact that they occupied a station for a brief period. Achievers should be able to, should be encouraged to run. Everything you're doing is futuristic and you don't know if the person has the capacity to do it. And it doesn't matter because they are, hey, listen, they've got fun little uh, what do you call it, lyrics and lingos and and beats and, and, and flashing and internet and it's all visual and you are voting on visual aids and not physical proof. And that's whether we're talking about an election or whether we're talking about an organization. And yet Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruits. These people have one fruit, the fruit of hostility and hatred, and you elect them because they're the you elect the best hostile out of the group, and the one who hates the best. Wow. Shame on us, humans.
1: Hmm.
0: Shame on us. So when you start thinking about it, that is why we're on this journey. I'm using these terms to give you some thoughts, and some some words that you can use to assess, critique, and inspect interrogate, interview these messengers who are claiming to be from your God. So again, you'll see this a lot. Master, specialist, master, expert. Those are the minimum you should want. That they specialize and you know what they specialize in. That they have mastered the journey and earned the name. And that they are on their way to becoming experts or are already there. Or that they're each in their particular vein. So prophecy, the prophetic access is prophet and prophet. Because God starts everything with a prophet. And you measure them by manifestation, which I think is important, and embodiment. So that prophet is either going to embody something that God wants in your life or actionize it as a circumstance or an event. So you're going to get the body or you're going to get the event. If all you have is the lingerings, then we're still in trouble. We, we can talk about how, well, you know, what I mean, after all, you know, the, you know, the man is in the office. That's like saying whoever breaks into your house takes a residence. Just because somebody broke in doesn't mean they own the deed. It doesn't even mean they came in by the door. Jesus talks a lot about the p- folks who come in places by any other entry point or access point than the door. See, but prophets think differently. Prophets do not take face value at face value because they know that whatever we see has had a long journey from the unseen realm to this one. And we know how to backtrack that journey. So when you think of prophecy, having talked about the long journey, omega rolls back to alpha. So God's omega Meaning his finished pathway rolls back to alpha in prophecy. So when we speak, we kickstart it in a particular area, era or area generation. We do that, but it's not because it never existed. See, imagination, divination and imagination are twins. They're twins. That and 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 Ezekiel and other prophets in Scripture tell us that divination is the imagination of the diviner. Now, the uh, the official divination, such as that of Balaam. Balaam was a diviner. That is a person who is manipulating Christ, uh, creation by the authority that they have seized from some power, witch, warlock, search, sorcerer. But even that is imagination. That is, that God called it all imagination. So you have to find out if you're actually dealing with the diviner's imagination, or are you receiving a clip, a sliver from God's word? Because prophecy, is already done. I need you to hear that because some of you all, well, I don't know if this is the will of God concerning me. If you have a prophet that has been proven faithful and integrous to the Lord Almighty, you have to know that it's done. Well, I mean, I've been waiting for 20 years. And you know what? The prophet's has probably been waiting for you for 20 years, too. See, I have a a, a plan. I told you the course I wanted to construct in. The Constructing the Contemporary Prophet. Is that what you renamed? All right. Which is named after the first book I ever wrote on a prophetic in 1993. And so, but I'm now putting it to class. And after the theory is done, we have designed the Prophecy uh, Manifestation Project Manuals. We're going to tell you how a prophecy goes from God's mouth to this world and from this world to the lives of those it is spoken to. Because we don't know that. And if you don't know that, then you can't help people really war with their prophecies because you don't know the journey. You don't know the pathway. You don't know the obstacles. You don't know the barriers. You don't know the conditions. But in this class, we've already told you, it's limited enrollment and it's by request only and you will be screened because we're not putting this kind of power in the hands of enthusiasts. I've been at it a long time. So your enthusiasm will not get you in the class. I need to see your executables. So we're going to take you to a place. We've we've been talking about profit, proficology, proficiatry, and profanomics. Profanomics will be the end of this, this series because it's extremely involved and it will enrich you and it will empower you as I teach it. And so I, I don't believe in giving power to novices. I don't believe in giving prestigious, prestige to attempters. Just because you're trying doesn't mean that you deserve prestige. I think this here bop, bumping the righteous Eclipsing the godly, overshadowing shadowing the equipped is part of Satan's strategy of taking down this country and this world. This generation has nothing to measure by but sensation. All they have is senses and sensation. Well, I feel, well, you know, that's not my feelings, and well, I feel and as if you don't have a brain. Your brain, your heart has a brain, but it is not the technical organ that makes your body achieve its purposes
2: yeah.
0: so we're talking about we're going to start certifying specialists now I'm, I I don't know if how many of you out there approve disapprove and you know what it doesn't matter because the fruit of disapproving it is right you're living it some of you all you lost your jobs you lost your homes you've lost your loved ones you've lost your standing in the community you've lost your hope in God and some of you all are struggling to hang on to your sanity wow. And still saying, well, I'm seeking God through the same prophets and messengers that got us here. I'm just saying. So when we look at um, the divine communications, we look at who they are. I want to go back to the question that I keep as- asking. I want this question to burn in your memory. Question. Should a testifier, storyteller, reporter, critic or talebearer's state of mind matter? Should it matter that their brain matter may not be hmm. healthy? Hmm. Maybe in disorder. Should it, Should it matter that the person that you're hearing about your pastor from <coughs> believes what they're saying And so even though they are, they may not be lying about the facts, their dysfunction makes them a liar. Because what they recall and what they're sharing is what they felt and not what happened. Now, if you're going to be a good steward over your own mind and your own intelligence, you're going to ask pointed questions. Starting with, why are you telling me this? That's a pointed question. Moving on to what do you want me to do with this information? And then move on to how do I know you're telling the truth? Next, can I reach back to these people you're talking about to fill in the blanks? Because I'm going to tell you, when you get to that one, they're going to say to you, oh, 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 oh no, no, don't use my name. I can't use their name. I can't do this. I can't. No, 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 don't do that. I just wanted you to know. But why did you want me to know? What does it do for you? Wow. Because what I eat won't make you fat. So why is it your mission to let me know this? and here is where you're going to have to fight down their anointing because such people have the anointing of a deceiver oh but they also have this infection this infectious attraction to their sensationalism so you or you don't even realize why they sound true and why it feels good to hear them saying it because the spirit on them is saying, see, now you have the truth. See, now you're hearing the truth. And that spirit is working with their lie to dupe you into thinking that they are sane people, that they are informed people, and that they are trustworthy reporters of events. You need to ask, why do they want you to know the bad side of whatever? Even if, the, even if what they share is true, is that the full testament, the full statement on 365 days of service and 365 days times 3, 5, 10? And you are allowing them to disrupt your own integrity with a single event? We have a woman that, 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 that we foolishly trusted to work here. She said she wanted to volunteer. We let her volunteer. And, but everything in her eyes said, but this woman is crazy. Because, see, I see crazy in the eyes. I said, this woman is off because you can know it because their eyes don't center. They point, they pierce, but they don't really center. And so, and other, other ones, their eye gate looks like there's someone looking through them. So, I'm pretty good at that. But, you know, hey, she's coming to Jesus. She relocated to here to find the Lord, to do whatever. And so, um, and one day I'll, I'll do this whole thing on the eyes. But, um, so, so we did. The problem is a woman never worked in that capacity before. Had no integrity. Had no discretion and saw that seat as a social circle. So she's, she sends, you know, so she goes and she tells everybody else, y'all think y'all know what's going on, but y'all don't know. But I know because I'm sitting at the reception desk. Baby, you're not at the boardroom. When you get into the boardroom, then you got something that you know. Until then, you're just picking up dust. Uh So she she went on. Now, I only say that because um, you should understand some of you all have the wrong people at the reception desk or the wrong people in the library. So I'm having a meeting with a a, a uh, contact this week and everything this woman, all that dust that she picked up, well, she must have a vacuum cleaner bag. Because she's sprayed, you know, like a bellow. You remember the bellow? She's spraying it everywhere. But well, they told me that you don't do this, and they told me that you don't do that, and they told me, and they told me, and I heard, and whatever. And you know what I thought? I thought, that's unfortunate. That somebody who's achieved zero in life, other than destruction and discredit, discredit can make you back out of, or, or shift, or, move or change your opinion about someone with fruit, Mm -hmm. evidence. And you know why? That's the spirit of sensationalism. The mirages become the actual entity or the materialization. So they really are verbally materializing a mirage, an imagination, an ethereal thing. Because and and because you people really want to think evil because the spirit uh, uh uh that's out against the righteous is about thinking evil. And so I said, Well, I I don't know what to tell you. I'm sitting here thinking, you sitting in my house, which is a very, very nice home. And you're in my building that, that I just bought that's multi worth multi million dollars. You're watching me on these shows. You're watching me on this show. You're hearing my voice. You can go to bookstores here and in other countries and find my work. You go on Amazon and every other book outlet online and my work is there. And you're listening to somebody who sits there for whatever. I don't know, maybe every morning back then tell you what they can't know. And you prefer the zero to the hero. Oh, you found your bell. And the church loves running on zero. And I thought, I don't care about this. I don't care about this. But I am I am today mentioning it because many of you are doing that to the heroes in your life. Ooh. Your sheroes and your heroes. You're doing it to your life. You're listening to some disgruntled sheep, some former member, some, this one was a former member, some disgruntled sheep, some disform, a former member, some fallen leader. They don't tell you that the reason they got sat down was because they were fondling one of the women. Or they were in pornography. They're not going to tell you that and you don't care. All you want is the sensation of their imagination. You don't care. That is lack of intelligence. So now we understand what lack of intelligence is. That is lack of intelligence. You don't even ask questions before you snatch your family out, snatch your, yourself out, Walk away and carry the lie. You leave the truth and carry the lie. John 844 talks about that. John 844 said, what about Lucifer? Does anybody remember? I got some good Bible scholars up in here. Say it again. Father of lies, but he made a statement. He, when he speaks a lie, he's speaking of his own. But let's let's slot, let's identify those people who do what he did. Okay, let's identify that. Because we there is one phrase that characterizes you who do this and you who believe it. And it says, ye are, are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And it says, the next phrase, he abode not in the truth. These people were in your church. They were served. Some of you all paid their rent. Some of you all paid their car notes. Some of you all leaders and and, and under shepherds. You all watched their children. You gave them a name in your house. That's why you have to be careful who you name over the pulpit. You gave them a name in your house, and because someone told them a lie, they are they no longer abode in your truth. Now I'm not talking about the churches where the pastor is dipping and slipping. I'm not talking about that sniffing. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the pastors who can you that you can find their works in Christ because they're in His Word. These people and this particular woman is rounding around our city right now who has still got nothing. She came from nothing. She amassed nothing. She left with nothing. And she's accumulating nothing. And yet her nothingness is shifting the minds of supposedly intelligent people. I think that's pathetic. I think it's a therapist's dream. (laughs) <laughs> prophets and prophetic companies are supposed to exist to handle that. They are supposed to exist to investigate such matters and to remove liars from the, the assembly of the righteous, or at very least, at the very least, subdue them. In scripture, prophets. Were the ones that took up that task. That was a responsibility, which is why they were always called council and company. The company was the gathering. The council was the investigation, the approval. But we don't have that because all we want a prophet to do is run and center stage and grab a mic. Right. But what if we did have? that we're somebody who's done this two, three four times first time hey life happens second times i'm learning third times, that's a pattern what if we did that what if we checked patterns what if we just decided that we're not going to let you continue this pattern of running roughshod over god's people of going out maligning the character of godly ministers godly godly people that's what the prophets did. They held court. They held council. The prophets held court. That is what they did. And so when they got a name that, uh, of someone so who was a troublemaker, a busybody, that's how Paul was writing those letters. They were holding court. He didn't know everybody in the region. That's why he'd use some phrases like "such a one." <laughs> <laughs> So I, I command you to blank, 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 such a one, because he didn't know everybody, but they took statements mm. and they filed grievances and reports because this person was tearing up the churches in the region or the bodies in the region, or maligning the character of the saints in the area. And they wanted to stop. And they did it not because they wanted to throw the person in jail or anything like that. Paul told you what they wanted to do. Stop fellowshipping with them. Don't keep company with them. Mark them as divisive. Why? Not because of the person. He said, I want them to feel so isolated, so abandoned, and so lonely that they'll repent and we can receive them back in the fold healthy. But we have the pastor's court and the pastor's court is God is love. the Lord loves us all we're just going don't don't even tell anybody just keep it in your prayer closet you're in the prayer closet praying about something that they too dense to hear well don't 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 even we don't want to embarrass them we don't so they're embarrassing God and everyone else but you don't want to embarrass them no that's not your reason your reason is. You're afraid. You don't have the boldness to stand for God's truth and righteousness. Or you feel like if I say something about them, that they'll say something about me. Mm. Not professionals. Let's look at this. So, not professionals. You know? Now, we novices, probably so. Novices, like they like those little tasty trifles and their sensations, and they like that. Should the following been taken into consideration, factless, deluded testimony assessment. All of a sudden, this woman knew what was happening in my corporate boardroom. From sitting at the front desk, which ours is near the door. It collects a lot of dust. Right about that. <laughs> okay. But she could run around and lie. She lied about how we spent our money. How do you know? Why would I tell the receptionist how we spent our money? Your job is to receive people. That's it. Just receive them. Give them some water, some tea, or whatever you do. Naive, inexperienced, or underexposed criticism. This person has been with us 20 seconds, and they're giving you a lifetime movie on our existence. And you're okay with that because you want the zero and not the hero. You're gonna to listen to all of the, these zero ups. And the people who are making it happen for God are your enemies. You hate them. And you love the liar and the deceiver. Why? Because that's the spirit of the age. And you're going to have to shake yourself out of it. When when Paul, when Peter says awake and the apostles say awake, we're always going to tell you awake. We're not wokest. We're awakers. And you should know the difference. Because it's very important. To be awake is to be alert, to be ready for action, aware of your surroundings, and astute to what your purpose and what your your actions are doing. Woke meaning you just came out of sleep, the end. You might get out of bed, you might not. You might've went to sleep with too much booze and so you woke up cloudy. You might've had too strong a sleeping pill, you woke up disoriented. Woke does not mean effective. Woke does not mean alert. Woke people wake up all the time, you got to stumble to the bathroom. Awake is, oh, I'm stepping. See, we got stumbling, we got stepping, but you see, this is a word. War. This is a word war, and that is one of the things that I said to them last night. Okay. This is a word war, and we need to get make sure we get our words straight because spirits run on words. Okay, reasons for errant reports, misguided motives, and impulsive blurs, and you, the fact that you want to sit down with a nobody to hear them tell you about a somebody. You understand? That's something wrong with their soul. There's something wrong with that mind. Because you actually lack discernment. That's number one. And number two, you don't know hierarchy. You don't know the ranking and the orders of life. So somebody who, who, who every now and again goes down to the community center and prays is given the credence of somebody who has served God for 40 years, 24-7. And that makes sense. do you all hear what i'm saying to you because you are choosing to be ignorant claiming to be intelligent while your literal conclusions are based on nonsense that's pitiful question two how much weight should the now this woman that no she's this is she's all over the place all in different churches and carrying on and all of these quote-unquote leaders are being led by the liar the liar is pulling the chain how much weight should the mental state factor into divine communications and their communicators that is a question i want you to keep asking when people are talking to you and they're telling you stuff if you don't want to confront them and yet you feel like you want to listen, I can't figure out why, but that's okay. Sometimes some things are stored. But, but you should at least ask for hard answers. This whole abstract, furry, fuzzy thing, that's not going to work. I need serious answers. Okay, so where were they and how were they? See, a prophetic counsel is an investigative body is an approval body. And so we don't have that. I don't have that in my church. I'm like, write an incident report, which they won't want to do because nobody wants to sign off on their foolishness. Or shut up. And we don't leave it at that. We just don't come back and tell you that we put it in our records. So that when crazy happens three months, six months, a year from now, we already saw a the thing forming. Now, I think that brings us into a wonderful, wonderful time of discussing the gift versus office. You have to recognize that gifts are the individual's property. Your, your voice is your property. Your thoughts, your brain your your ability to create and ideate they are all your personal property because they are part of your person should we be discussing something like this
2: absolutely
0: okay prophets so everything that is in your person from your person they are yours you can sing or not sing you can dance you cannot dance you can holler, scream. You can write a book. You cannot write a book. You can talk back or you can be silent. All of those are in your personal domain. They're part of you, your physical, well, actually spiritual, soul, and physical entity. That is what, so you show up or you don't show up. We get your gift. We don't get you All of that. And it's all bound to your volition. You volunteer because you will to be a help. You will to take your personal properties, assets, and attributes, and put them to the advantage of an, another for a specified period of time or as a job. Collectively, they are called your gifts and your endowments, your talents. So that's how I got the acronym Get. get get gifts, endowment, talents. When you say, I am going to take all of my personal attributes, property, and I'm going to put them at the disposal of another, they have to have a reason and they have to have a way to utilize your gifts to their advantage that is where we got the idea that everything you want to achieve you have got to entrust to something bigger than yourself the church on the other hand taught you differently and taught you your ministry matters and it's nobody can tell you what god called you to do and it's up to god how you're going to be used and on and on because they the church itself was breaking itself down only we did not know that those were the imploders that were tearing us down and bringing us to today. Because creation runs on unity. Creation runs on service and sacrifice. Creation runs on harmony. Creation runs on giving. And supporting and aiding. Those are the laws of creation. I'm telling you, I don't care if you are a gang, you still need those laws. They have to sacrifice for you as a leader. They have to be there to give what you want. Now, you may have a few coercive ways of seeing to it that they do it. But creation requires that, and that is how the church lost its purpose and its relevance, because it began to individualize and to individuate what God had called to be constitutional and pervasive. And the more we did it, because it was good. People, you know, one of the things that I've learned is when folks first come out, and you get that first rush. Everybody likes it, is happy. But when people learn, they're going to stop showing up at your meetings and go do. And your responsibility is, what are they going to go do with what you have just taught them? So we taught them to isolate. We taught them I'm not saying we because I didn't do that. I didn't agree with that. I didn't I didn't like that from the beginning. But, you know, I had a whole different training path. You taught them to separate. You taught them to compete and yelled at them for competing, not knowing that your very words gave them permission to compete and to rival each other and to plagiarize and to steal. My personal favorite was if God gave it to one, he gave it to all. No, he didn't because he didn't give your looks to everybody. So clearly, there is a one on one thing. And for some people, I meant, well, let me get my tea here. I'm going to sip a little something. (laughs) You understand that when you say one thing, you unsay something else or you subsay another thing. So you built a substruct in these people's consciousness that told them God doesn't matter. Kindness doesn't matter. The fruit of the spirit is how they use it in their ministry so they can be kind to themselves and hateful to others. This is sound doctrine. I'm getting it out. Of you. If I look like I'm flooding you, because I'm only going to have a little bit of time because, you know, y'all going to shout out my to you. OK, so. The point I want you to get out of this is that everything in your person is yours. But when you say, I am going to be inducted into another service and and, and fulfill an assignment there, everything that you've been individuating has now become institutional. Mm -hmm. So now your job tells you what time you're getting up in the morning. Doesn't it? They don't say thou shalt rise at 4 a.m. They say thou shalt be at thy desk at 8. Intelligence would say, well, I best get up to be on time. They will tell you whether or not you can have your cell phone at your desk, whether or not you can sit there with the earbuds on, all of that. And those are minor things. They're going to tell you how you're going to type, who you're going to talk to, and what you're going to say. And when you go off script, they come after you because you are you see scripting for them, the institution, and you're now scripting for your individuality. So what we've had as the prophets is we've had individuals. We've not had institutional prophets. Why? Because there's nothing today to prove it. There's nothing to show for it. But a a, a screaming, frustrated body of Christ, a disdaining disgusted, secular society, wars, troubles, and all of that with nobody really interested. People are curious about the word of the Lord, but they're no longer interested in it. Mm. So they want God to weigh in on it. They don't want him to win and they don't want him to rule. So a lot of people in the book of Ezekiel 13 and 14, people came to get God's way in. See, God's not going to weigh in on all of this because for God, His no word of God is devoid of power. When God opens up his mouth and when he breathes, life is changed. Things happen. That is why Satan works so hard to keep people away from his maker. Mm-hmm. He does that because he knows his maker will will expose him as the fraud that he is. Now, he couldn't stop the church from being born, so he stopped it from, he tried to stop it from growing. And he found out the more he killed, the more God birthed. So he thought, well, that's not, that, that's, not, they're going to overwhelm me just by sheer numbers. Oh. So then he decided to move into discredit. And from discredit, he moved it up to disgruntledness. And when we got to disgruntledness, that is when the Institute came under assault because everywhere you went people were complaining you have friends that say look don't talk to me about that religious thing but yet you're going to talk to me about who was in your behind last night so i have to hear your filth but you cannot hear my glory you're going to sit here and cuss in my face day and night and i can't say thank you jesus I have to call Jesus because I got to fumigate the air that you. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus is my fumigator. I'm going to buy us a nice little can. All of us who are saints, we're going to design a nice little can and we're going to say Jesus is my fumigator. So when folk get to cussing and going vulgar, you get to spray and it's going to spray a nice little sweet hum. Amazing. Amazing grace, how sweet. And we're going to spray amazing grace all over you. It's going to be Jesus is my fumigator. And then after that, we're going to have some scriptures and it's going to say them so wonderfully. I used to have them. We're going to buy our own and we're going to find out how to get one. You know how you get like the birthday card? You get the little music thing. I want the little music thing attached to it. So when we go, it's going to start singing Amazing Grace. It's going to start saying some scripture. (laughs) And if I hit one squeak, Amazing Grace two scripture, three, sinner's prayer. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're going to do. Got to have that that because we got to give you a way back. So I need you as we as you begin to process this I need you to recognize that this is 100% all about all about the office all about the prophets being ready being groomed being primed to rise up and be part of God's literal solutions to this age in this problem, because God starts everything with a prophet. Now, if you're interested in being a part of what we're doing here, our constructing the contemporary prophet class, then you reach out to Apostle Ashley. And guess what else? I have a whole prophet's practitioner practice that we train you and give you an opportunity to do so that you don't have to chase people in parking lots, hem them up in the bathroom holly I'm just saying so can they is that, can we see that on the screen critical thinking prophets are thinkers because God is a thinker, if you want that article let apostle Ashley know I want that article on God is a thinker And then, because it also tells you how to think like God. Mind of Christ, thoughts of God. So the first thing you need to know is that we have it. So we have, we start with the practitioner. Most people that are calling themselves prophets today are not practitioners. They're performers. They're verbalizers. They're vocalizers. They're not practitioners. Because a practitioner has to do something related to an issue or a situation that they exist to make better or to bring into existence. And what we've been having did not make us better. We're not better for having had all of it. I'm just saying, nobody asked me, but since it's my show in my, in my studio with my camera, I'm saying we're not better for all of that. We are worse off and clearly the world is worse off. Now, I can tell you a lot of things. You say, well, one person really can't make a difference. Yes, they are. Yes, they can. We have Billy Graham made a difference for how long? He had to get old to stop being, making a difference. And his kids are still holding it down. Thank you. And his kids are still one person because you need somebody who is at the top that are going to be there for the leaders, the thought leaders. The ones charged with the duties, the ones facing off with this hostility and this heinous. So we start at giving them quality prophetic guards and companies that they can resort to, to hear from God. Because you can rest assured, Satan pe- Satan's people are doing that for his leaders. But they, ours don't want it because they're like, oh no, if I get that seen on TV, I want, no, 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 I'll just go pray in my prayer closet. They have meetings where they need to have their prophetic counsel. They're giving them God's wisdom, not because they're not smart, but because they don't have God's 360. They don't don't even have humanity's 360. We walk away from most of those meetings with, well, we'll try it and see what happens. I'm not talking about a see what happens firm. Then from there, we have the specialist going to the left we have the specialist and then don't forget way down at the bottom we got this, this novice who's trying to act like all of them because you know novice always think that what they feel is what is real so we have to help them with that and then so we have that we have the master that is the per- person who have learned how to overcome much of what a field or a discipline will encounter resolve it re. Place it and protect it as well as assure its quality and validity. You don't have prophets talking like this. What you have is what what God's saying to you? What did the Lord tell you? Because He told me so and so and so and so. Okay, I'll go first. The Lord told me to like, I'm not You told me that
1: too?
0: Okay, then gonna we're gonna touch and agree. Yeah. This is gonna be our prophecy. Okay. Ah. That's what you got. In the back room, what is God saying to one or the other? Now, the specialist is very interesting, but the specialist is the one that specializes in a particular vein or stream, vein of prophecy and vein of prophetic operations and stream of prophecy. So I wanted to get that right. So that's the professional. The expert is the consummate of all of them the expert can pull out all of those attributes all of that experience all of that that all of those uh, histories for example you have people telling you about your pastor who been who are in not who have been even earned the rank of novice and they're going to tell you Everything your shepherd learned, everything your bishop learned, everything your apostle learned. And they're going to tell you from what they are experiencing inside with their tiny little spirits and minor little souls. And you know what? You so want to think God can't produce good, you buy it. You so want to think that God doesn't have people who will give him the best of the best. So, you accept it. So, what do you do with this information? Well, it's on the screen and we'll come back to it at another time because those are all important. But I wanted to get you to the next one. The next one prophecy, gift, office, word clouds. Look at the gifting versus the office. Sorry, guys. Look at the gifting giveaway, grace, ability, donation, adorning. Bestowal, talent, dedicated doing, provision, award, consecrating. Look at all of this. Seating. None of that is what we really are trying to do, though, is it? So let's get over here and see what the office does. So so all of this that I just read actually moves over to the office. So over here, we can see desk, cabinet, Force, agency, are not that good? Role, authority, function, unit, office, post, firm. I'm going to see uh, headquarters, place, work, board, commission, governance, practice. So when somebody says to me, I'm in the office, I love it when they say that because to them, their gift is in their office in their soul. Because there's nothing outward to say you are discharging anything, that your headquarters is supporting the same prophetic institution the Lord Jesus brought to the planet, whom, by the way, came to the planet as a prophet. See, you don't even think Jesus was a prophet. And you think you're a better prophet than he was. And he is the one that made prophets and then authored their prophecies. See, we, we think that Jesus, well, you know, he just read the prophets. Jesus didn't have to read the prophets. I didn't have to, to talk about my books. I don't have to reread them. I just talk about my books. I talk about what I wrote. I talk about why I wrote it. I talk about what I expected to get out of it. You have to read my books to talk about it. So Jesus did not need to read the Bible to know what he prophesied for years as God. He didn't have to do that. That's why he could say he said things about the prophets that I didn't see in those prophetic writings. My, my, my. I was like, "Well, Jesus, where was that?" No, hold on. I just Jesus. Well said, Isaiah. That's so. The prophet was right in saying you cannot be in the office and not know the prophets and understand the functions, duties, and responsibilities they discharged. Is that good? So let's look at some of the things that we say shouldn't be the prophet how about that see the yellow tape that's government isn't that nice go- prophets and the law how many times have you heard that the, pro- the law is done away with that is so inaccurate but again it's non-profits who were saying it because the prophets who are in the office still have the duty description we still have to go with the law jesus brought the law he brought it out of moses into himself, out of creature into creator, out of agent into author. Hmm. Jesus did that. So we, we we talk about God's order. We're talking about prophet is concerned with God's kingdom, past, present, and future. Not just your age. God is not a trendist. We talk about his son savior as a sovereign and we talk about the book of the law because we are there for god's justice here is our last one i think i think you're gonna like it god's divine communications heaven's correspondence if you notice let's go back before we go there do you see revelation realization and reason prophets are intelligent they're wise Wisdom calls apostles and prophets. So we know wisdom didn't call a lot of these folk because they lack it. Yeah, sadly. Okay, so I want you to see God's divine communications, and those are the three pillars thereof. You got to have some wisdom, revelation. That revelation has got to be realized, which means it's got to be embodied, manifested, physicalized in some way. So let's just see. Look at who we are. So we have in this cog, this is the cog, practitioner, specialist, master, agent, officer, actionizer. I do this because identity is the key to destiny. And you cannot practice what you've not learned. You cannot learn what does not attract you. So you cannot be a practitioner. We don't even have practicing prophets on the order of what God has. If we do, they are very few, because I know Jesus always leaves himself a remnant. So I know you all are out there in the bush, in the brush. I know, probably mostly you all in other countries. I'm especially looking in Africa, because I know y'all got a lot of them, but you also have no way to temper the false. And that's what this conversation is all about. I'm looking at Asia, same thing. Okay, so then we have that practitioner. We talked about them. But let's talk about the agent. An agent is a part. Remember, we talked about office. The agent is the person that handles the office, the piece of the broad. I mean, endless duties that are given to Jesus Christ. He breaks them off and he gives them to officers. And it's and and that suffix I C E actually means produce or. Manifest as a hop, harvest, multiply, multiply. So let's just think: manage, multiply, manage, manifest, multiply, manifest, manage. So you're in an office not to just talk. That's why we have Abel, who was an agent of the Godhead post-Eden without a prophecy from Aiden. Um Abel, what is he doing? What did he do? All of those other prophets that we had, they did more than get together and let's sing on the hill. Their job was to populate their territories and their regions with knowledgeable, integrous, ethical agents of the Godhead. That was their job. You can go in most of these neighborhoods and you've got Miss Sally's palm reading, tarot, everything. But do you have an office called prophet of the Lord Jesus Christ? People can't come to him unless they come to church and they can only find him in the church if it believes in apostles and prophets. So if a church doesn't believe, first of all, if it's open. This whole idea, we only meet on Wednesdays and Sundays and we do nothing in between. You're not touching God's community. You're not touching his people. They don't even know that they can come to you for prayer. They can come to you for a word from God. They don't know that they can do that. But in God's realm, prophets had stations. They had centers. That's how Saul knew where to find Samuel and his company. But instead, y'all prophets went out starting churches. I got to hit something. And so when you found out that that you didn't get the same effects as a pastor, then you went back to try to be a prophet who had already vacated your position and your anointing guard and your guardian anointers went on to the next person. You were supposed to set up prophetic stations for the Lord, not just for you to prophesy. And I have an entire program. If you're interested in it, let Apostle Ashley know, because I have an entire program for us to do that. And we don't need another church planted. I'm just saying. I talked about Officer... And we're done. Okay. So we are, we are done for today. I think I gave you a lot, but I need you. I need you to get to a point where you actually expect the God of all creation and his logos to do everything creation needs. You know, God was singing to me. I'm going to talk to a prophet angel because she probably know but he was singing this song to me earth has no sorrow that heaven can't cure he's been singing that for three days earth has no sorrow that heaven can't cure but you know how he starts his curatives with prophets i know we want to say apostles but it's the prophets that told us who the real apostles were the prophets said oh and a lot of those prophets were apostles in waiting well, I had a great time and I hope that you found it a blessing. First thing I'm going to ask you to do is share. Share, share, share. Share, share, and then well, share some more. Share with all your friends, have your friends share with their friends, but definitely make sure you share this with every prophet, prophesier, sermonizer, every divine communication messenger you know. Share this. That's what I'm going to ask you to do. Secondly, I want to thank you in advance for helping me to enjoy my much-needed vacation next week, because I promise you, you have no idea. But if you're prophetic, you know I really need this, and I need it right now. And so I thank you for those of you who have sown seeds and who will be sowing seeds for me to have this wonderful three, four days, whatever days rest. I'm just going to enjoy it. That is the, the next thing. And then lastly, if you're in the Tulsa area, make it your point to stop by the embassy. Home of the Congregation of the Mighty. We have services Wednesday and Sunday, but we're here daily. We have established this embassy as an apostolic prophetic base for the Lord. And that is what we do. So we're here. We're here to pray. We want you to have some classes. We're going to start holding classes. These prophets are going to give classes because what I found out is that the prophets in scripture had regular sessions to help people live God's life in their communities. What does that look like? Well, isn't that with the church, if not, if they close, closed? And even if they can do it online, don't you want prayer? Wouldn't you like somebody who can pray, who can touch you, who can move those oppositions and get rid of those lingering spirits that won't let you rise and thrive? No, we do it differently because we believe in teach, talk, touch. And, and we're not just going to shoot from the air. We want to be here with you and be here for you. As a matter of fact, we have an event coming up, don't we, Chief? Do you want to share?
2: Sure.
0: Yes. And the other, the community thing? Yeah, but we- this yes, is Chief profit Tyler Price. Hi. And she's going to tell you the two prophetic things we're doing because we're shifting into that stronghold that God needs.
2: We are hosting a prophetic breakfast for the community. Um, here in Tulsa, here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes. And it's going to be October 15th. It'll be open to the public for them to attend, um, to find out more about the prophetic Mm -hmm. because part of our challenge is that a lot of people have been either miseducated or not educated about the prophetic and haven't had proper exposure or experiences. So that will be October 15th. Um, we'll be kicking off at 10 AM and the, uh, The tickets to participate are $25. That would include your breakfast and a small workshop that we're going to do. And then an opportunity for us to pray uh, with the people in the community and give them an opportunity to hear from God and to see what the prophet's office and the like uh, should be, you know, modeling that example. Our theme is God starts everything with the prophet so they can understand what that means and why prophets are
0: necessary. Excellent. So I'm personally inviting you, encouraging you. If you're in driving distance, if you're in the Tulsa area, or if you're in driving uh, distance, then come. Now let me say this: You don't have to be a prophet, because one of the mistakes we made of the many that we we will not repeat is that we had we trained the prophets and not the recipients. If you're going to be interested in the word of the Lord, you should know what it sounds like, how it looks, and how to make sure what you're giving us the word of the Lord is in fact what it is. So make sure you join us October 15th, 10 a.m. Again, we welcome you to service this Sunday. We pray for people. We minister, whatever you need. Some of you all are struggling, wishing God would touch you. You probably need to go to his clinic. Because that's what you would do if you had a physical ailment, and you can bring your physical ailments. We pray for those too. Again, I want to thank you. Um, I'm asking you to, to really sew and help me have a. Because see, I want I want I want to do some spas. I, I I like spas. I want to do some spas, and then maybe get a one or two meals, a good meal or two. But it would be great if you can help me. And, you know, usually I don't take vacations. They'll tell you that's not something that I do. I honestly tell you, I feel at this point in my life and my stage, I probably need to change that. Yes. Okay, so God bless you. Listen, until next time, think differently, live powerfully in Jesus' name. Bye-bye. Dr.
1: Price should be on television because her wisdom is universal whether you're a Christian or not, whether you agree or you don't, there is wisdom and eternal truths in everything she says. She's intelligent and not just emotionally reactionary. And so she's going to, let's just say, have a rebuttal against something. She has done her homework. And so it's not just shooting off emotionally and this is just what I believe and just, you know, unbridled passion all over the place. She should be on television because the world needs her, not just the body of Christ. There are answers that she has taken the time, which a lot of people don't want to do, and paid the price and the sacrifice like people in scripture and it's time for the world and the world is ready to hear that information oh, she's real. Dr. Price is real. That's the appeal. We just had a whole bunch of people in church on Sunday and the overriding comment was, but she's just so honest, but it's just so truthful. And it's not just honesty to shock people and do whatever. She's honest about the Lord, honest about the word, honest about us sitting in the seats and herself also sitting in their seats. And and that's that's huge. You, you don't even realize you don't hear the truth a lot until you hear it. And you're like, that's it, right there. <laughs> I want you to do me a favor. I want you to visit www.takingiton.com. Taking It On is not just about a television show. It is about getting around tables, having discussions, making connections, shaking hands, opening doors, And you might be the solution or the open door to what God has told Dr. Paula Price. And so as we continue to take it on, we want to take it on with you. Partner with us at www.takingiton.com.